You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can find me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Follow Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm quite good. How are you? I am doing well. Also, uh, it, it feels a little weird. These, these days, these first couple days after the dynasty season wraps up, it's, it, it's one of those feelings like you don't know what to do with yourself. You, you don't have to, maybe you don't have to bother with waivers and you, you're not necessarily looking ahead to next week's matchup, even though, uh, even though there are still football games going on. Of course, we've got week 17 to play out and uh, some playoff implications there on the field. Uh, but it's I, I, the other day I called it dynasty purgatory. We're between the <laughs> dynasty season, but we're not quite to that official offseason where, where the entire football world is focusing on the draft and free agency. Dynasty players are ready to move to that point, but uh, we're, we're a little ahead of ourselves maybe. Yeah, and I got to admit, I mean, I – I made money in Dynasty this year. I made chiclets. I, I'm happy about that. More is coming to me than I shelled out in my seven leagues. So good. And I'm very happy with the direction my teams are going. But I'm also anxious now that, you know, the Super Bowl's in the books and all that to start talking trade again. You know, I mean, the trade deadline came and went a while ago. And there's people on my team and people out there that we've talked about week to week that I haven't been able to really make a move on. Um, my question to you is, you know, you're, you're more versed in the whole dynasty, dynasty community and you've done a lot of commissioning. The most trade um, restrictions lift as soon as, you know, starting like tomorrow? Uh, basically, um, yeah. for, the way I do it in my leagues is uh, we'll open trading really as soon as the season ends if you make that commitment, meaning... Uh, if you pay your 2021, in this case, league Good fees, yeah. then you've got your trade rights back. So uh, there, there's a deadline for that, uh, which is later in the offseason. If, if you would prefer to wait or need to wait for any reason, you can. But if you're ready to start making moves with your team, uh, you pay those league fees, make sure you're back in the league for next season, then you're good to go and, and you can start doing that. Yeah, I think people will be anxious too. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's always always a good incentive. Matt, it is Tuesday, so we are still talking dynasty transactions. Uh, I'm going to get this one started, and I want to talk about Derrick Henry a little bit. I know he was viewed as a, a league winner this year, and uh, the way he's played the past couple of weeks leading up to week 16, he certainly got a lot of teams into – dynasty Super Bowls and, and title games. I don't know with that game against the Packers on Sunday night if he if, if he put teams over the top. I know you said you were counting on him in one league, and, and he was a little bit of a letdown. Did not get the 100-yard the rushing mark that, that we're so used to seeing from him, especially late in the season. But Henry is a, is a guy who always seems to be 
undervalued, especially in the offseason. And, and now that we basically are at that offseason point, I think it's time to to buy Derrick Henry, not not to sell. I think a lot of people would be saying sell Derrick Henry based on uh, another huge season from him. But at this point, seeing what we've seen, and, and we know the knocks, we know he's not going to be very involved in the passing game. We know he's getting up there in age for a running back. I think he's 27 now. Just watching him, I'm, I'm ready to set all of that aside and take advantage of that off-season discount that will come with Henry. If I've got a contending team, I'm looking to add him to that team. I love it. This really feels to me like zig when everyone else's zags type of move. And what do we know is a fact going into the offseason? Well, they used a mid-round pick on Evans this past year. Okay, I mean, maybe he's a fine player, but he's not a, a, a serious threat. Instead, they gave a boatload of money to Henry. We know the offense, with all respect to Tannehill and Davis and Brown, who are all very good players and have stepped up over the last year or two. Um, it still goes through Henry. And my hunch is an offseason priority isn't to find his successor or replace him or even compliment him. They'll probably roll it back. So, you know, a lot of these polls that you set out and the running back studies we do, his stock isn't super high. You know, I mean, some of the guys we compete with, 60% go to them and 40 go to Henry. You know, I mean, like, it's not like people look at him and say, that guy just led the league in rushing two years in a row and won me my dynasty league two years in a row. I'm going to buy all in. You know, he's not an early first-round pick in startups or anything like that. So right. if you can get him at a little bit of a discount and ride him for two years and win a lot of games, that sounds like a pretty good strategy to me. Yeah, and again, he's not going to be cheap. Um, but I do think he'll be cheaper than, than he should be. If, if you're talking about doing a startup dynasty draft, and I'm, I'm actually seeing some of those – pop up already that people are doing early uh, early startups before before we even get to week 17. I love seeing that. But That's if you're awesome. doing a dynasty startup, you're going to see him, uh, in many cases, fall to round two, maybe even outside of the top two rounds if you're talking about a super flex league. So I think the price will be certainly very reasonable to acquire Derrick Henry. And again, if you've got a contending team, uh, looking ahead to 2021, I think uh, I think he would be a wise investment. I mean, I just think there's such extreme value to a no-brainer every week running back one, every week starter for the next 32 weeks of fantasy. Right, yeah. What about you, Matt? What's on your mind when it comes to buying and selling in Dynasty Leagues? I don't know if mine's a buy, sell, hold, or just a discussion we should have. The Seahawk offense, you know, it, yeah. it, it's, it's a little murky right now. I think Pete Carroll's true colors shine through with wanting to run the ball. How much value is this running game? They don't really have a tight end to speak of. Might they add one? Metcalf, is he really the top receiver you'd want over... Adams and Hill and some of these guys that light it up every week, every year. Lockett stock's a little down. Wilson's not a young man. His stock's a little less than it certainly was six weeks ago. Not that he's not stud, but it's gone down. Yeah, it absolutely has. I pointed this out um, quite a bit on Twitter, just the the splits. If, 
if you look at the first eight weeks versus the past, uh, I guess the past seven games, the past eight weeks for the Seattle offense, and, and it's a huge drop-off for really all three of those key members being Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson was the QB1 after eight weeks of this season, and Tyler Lockett was the running back one. I'm sorry, the wide receiver one after eight games. And since that time, so so from week nine on, uh, Russell Wilson is, I believe, the quarterback 10. Uh, so, so not terrible, but certainly not that upside that we saw early on. Same thing for DK Metcalf. He's in that, that 10 to 15 range. But Tyler Lockett, first half of the season, wide receiver one. Second half of the season, wide receiver 31. Hmm. Uh, and that's that's not counting this uh, the week sixteen game, which was another just kind of ho hum game for him. So uh, it it really has been frustrating. Those are players that were carrying teams um, throughout the first half of the season. And yeah, you mentioned it with DK Metcalf. We we were crowning him, my, myself included, and a lot of others crowning him as the wide receiver one. And as talented as he is. If that pass volume is not going to be there in the Seattle offense, it's it's hard to value him, no matter his age, no matter his his size and, and everything he has going for him. Uh, it's hard to value him ahead of guys like Devontae Adams. Yeah, without question. I mean, Devontae Adams and those guys are so consistent where Metcalf's story isn't 100% written. Um, you know, a move I might try to make is, hey, give me – a second in Joe Burrow for Wilson. You know, and I'm talking non-super flex, something like that, or uh, maybe even straight up and get a future pick or a young receiver you kind of like or something along those lines. And then just from an NFL standpoint, I do think Seattle will try to add another pass catcher, a, a true third receiver or a tight end with upside. Um, and that might not reflect great on Lockett. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, they they didn't really have much there in the passing game outside of those two players. I mean, David Moore had a couple of good games and uh, the tight ends, kind of that tight end carousel with Olsen in and out of the lineup. Same thing with Will Disley. Um, expect Olsen to, to probably retire, I would imagine. I would think. Uh, so so maybe they had a tight end and, and a third wide receiver as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of putting a bow on this a little bit, I think it's fair to say at this point, the value on those three guys, again, Wilson, Metcalf, and, and Lockett, the value on all three of those is down from where it was in the, in the middle of the season when they were all riding high. Would you take advantage of that drop in, in value and buy, the, buy any of them, or do they feel like more of a sell after this discussion? Hmm. More like a sell. But I would really want to test the waters and just see what nibbles you get as a buyer or seller on any of these guys. There's, I just feel like this whole group is in a crossroads to some degree where that locket owner might be fed up and is dumping them for a mid-second round pick or I don't know, whatever. Or, you know, you dangle DK out there and the sharks attack it like blood in the water. You know, wow, I'm getting a lot here still for them. You know, it's, uh, I feel like it's just a team to try to really gauge the interest with the other teams in your league. Yeah, and again, it comes down to where your team is. 
But if you're a contender with DK Metcalf on that roster, I wouldn't do it today. But if you wait, uh, you wait a month, you wait six weeks, I think you can get Devonte Adams plus for Metcalf. Uh, I think you can you get your could... guy Derrick Henry plus. Oh yeah, for sure. For <laughs> plus sure. plus, right? Uh, but I think you could almost get anybody uh, for Metcalf. I mean, as of right now, and, and we'll do some more uh, uh, dynasty mocks over at DLF very soon, just in the next few days, actually. But as of right now, he's the second overall player in our dynasty ADP, that data from, from Ooh, December. So I'm not there on that. Yeah. You, you can almost name your price, even with that value drop from Metcalf. He, he seems to be the one who's, um, who's coming through this, this cold streak, almost unscathed Lockett and Wilson. We're seeing the value drop on those. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, a contender, and I can dump, not dump, you don't dump. I mean, that's the wrong word. If I could trade DK for Henry and a, a pretty solid first or a future first that would still keep me young and maybe even better for today, you know what I mean? Like, those type of deals are pretty intriguing. A top back and, and a pick. Yeah, I think you could definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Matt, when we come back, we will talk a little dynasty team building. First, are you guys ready for some football? College football heads into the bowl season. There are some huge matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up, and the playoff picture is becoming much clearer. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for your free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. 50%. Um, the one thing I'm looking at this week is these four playoff college games. Uh, this is about the time of the year I can really start to shift my focus from NFL to college. And if I put a couple bucks down on it, too, I have a more rooting interest. I pay even closer attention, watch these prospects for the next level, and, and those are awesome matchups. That's a great way for me to really get involved with this, this draft season. Um, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Just want to encourage everyone to check out Locked On Bets. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and hand- handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, let's talk a little dynasty team building right now. And, and we saw a couple of situations play out in week 16. Um, and I'm just, I just want to hear your feedback on these, your thoughts on these, these situations as we look ahead to 2021. Let's start with the Packers. Uh, Sunday night in that game against the Titans, the Packers were without Jamal Williams. Uh, and then we saw Aaron Jones get a little banged up early in the game. So it ends up being an A.J. Dillon game, the rookie running back who the Packers surprisingly took uh, on day two of the NFL draft a lot higher than 
anyone expected. And I think dynasty players had a lot of a lot of trouble deciding how to value AJ Dillon because he did get that earlier than expected draft capital. He lands in a good situation. We've seen Aaron Jones and and other running backs have success, and of course, it is one of the best offenses in the league. But just the presence of Jones there, I think, really had dynasty players, including myself, confused on just what to do with AJ Dillon, and and it's ended up being mostly a lost season for him. But uh, when he when he really does get a chance, he takes advantage of it, scores two touchdowns. Uh, well over 100 rushing yards as as Jones mostly sat on the sidelines and, and Williams was out. So heading into this offseason, Jones and Williams are both free agents. Of course, Jones is going to want a big-time contract, and now they've got A.J. Dillon there. What happens in Green Bay? It's very interesting, and the timing's great. This is a great one to pull up, obviously, because on national stage, he ran all over Tennessee and I think the narrative, and most of it's rightly so. And first off, I, I'm lukewarm on Dylan. I like him. He's fine. I own him in one of my seven leagues is where I drafted him as, as a rookie coming out. Um, I think the narrative of going forward is going to be Jones and Williams are free agents. Their first contract's up. LaFleur saw his version of Derrick Henry when they used a second round pick on this guy, who they coincidentally just played. And I think all those things are true. But boy, I think he's Dylan's a sell high right now. I mean, or in the very near future, because Jones tweaked the foot or something in that game, gave Dylan an early opportunity to get in there against a terrible Tennessee defense, and then they had the lead. So why push Jones back to you know strain him more than we have to? We'll just see what the rookie can do while we're winning by twenty, and. I don't know that Jamal Williams will be back. I think it's probably a foregone conclusion he's not. But I know that he is loved in that building. And if he goes through the first couple rounds of free agents, the first two, three weeks, and nobody gives him anything, maybe they bring him back on a one-year deal and just say, hey, we made a run at the Super Bowl last year, add you to the equation. And I think Aaron Jones has a very good chance to get franchised, if not extended. I mean, teams are spending money on running backs all of a sudden, mixing McCaffrey, all these guys. I think he's next and deserves it. So that doesn't leave a lot of meat on the bone for Dylan. Yeah, it really just comes down to how you expect uh, the Packers to to handle Aaron Jones uh, because he's clearly the priority, but he's also going to be the most expensive. I do think it's possible that they would franchise tag him. I yeah. don't think I, I don't think they will give him that that big contract. They're already over the salary cap for 2021. The expectation is the cap is actually cap numbers actually going to drop, not increase as it usually does. So they're, they're going to have some tough decisions to make. Um, I could see them just basically letting him walk and maybe re-signing Jamal Williams, who of course will be the cheaper option of the two and, and pairing Williams and Dylan together. What would you think about that? My qualm with that is twofold in that this is a really good team that is a contender that's won double-digit games two years in a row with their new coach that's got a quarterback that's probably going to win the MVP, might be Super Bowl champs when we have this conversation again. Rodgers isn't young, so we're going to win now. We'll franchise them. We'll figure out some you know cut corner somewhere else. And with respect to Dylan and Williams – 
neither one can touch him as a receiver. And while I do expect this to change, they're a little light on receivers, not name Adams. Yeah, they really are. So, and and that's a good point too. Someone mentioned this in my replies on Twitter today, or, or or yesterday, I guess, when I brought this up, was that trying to predict what the Packers might do is really pretty pretty futile. As you know, everyone knew that they would take a receiver in in day one or or day two of the draft last year, and and of course now we know that that did not happen. Instead, they they chose a quarterback and a running back, and, and not, neither of those guys up until a couple of days ago has, has helped them win a game this year. So uh, assuming that they're going to uh, let Aaron Jones walk, assuming that they're going to hand the job to A.J. Dillon, probably not the way to go. I, I do think you make a good point, though, and I agree with you that now is a great time to sell A.J. Dillon because yeah. – even even if they go that route, even if they hand him the job and they they let Aaron Jones go, um, Dylan, like you said, Dylan is not the pass catcher that Aaron Jones is. So I think at best he's sixty percent of a committee, uh, maybe 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 even you know one half of a committee backfield there in Green Bay. So he's I don't think he puts up the numbers. Certainly not the receiving numbers that we've seen from Aaron Jones. So I, I like the idea of moving him while he, he's certainly hot and, and maybe people are assuming that he's the 2021 starter there. Yeah, I agree. Matt, I wanted to ask you about one other backfield, not quite as, um, as popular or maybe as talked about as the Packers, the Dolphins. On Saturday night, Miles Gaskin just dominated the Raiders and, Kind of, kind of a similar conversation, I guess, uh, that we could say about Dylan versus the Titans. These are not the best defenses that we're talking about, but Gaskin looked great getting back on the field. He's been banged up off and on, and on the COVID list this season, and and everything else. So, but but he he leads the team in rushing. He uh, leads the team in receiving on on that game Saturday. I I really kind of expected Savon Ahmed to play a larger role in that game, even with Gaskin healthy. That didn't really happen. What do you see this backfield looking like in 2021? Could the Dolphins potentially target one of these free agents? Maybe it's Aaron Jones or or uh, or someone else. There's going to be several of them. Or do they use a draft pick to bring in some competition? Or could they just stick with this pair of young and, and cheap running backs, Gaskin and Ahmed? Yeah, we actually touched on this on Peacock and Williamson yesterday, and it kind of dawned on me. I think it's a really interesting topic, and here's a couple things I want to throw out. is This is a new regime, give or take. You know, I mean, it, But we have an offseason where we saw them use three first-round picks on a quarterback, a left tackle, and a corner. And I think they're going to be very analytically driven – in terms of where they spend their money. I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money on run-stuffing linebackers and nose tackles and running backs. I mean, they're going to spend their money and premium picks on corners and, you know, things that are hard to find that are pricey. And, and to me, that probably means not a running back. Unless they look at Tua and say, 
boy, the best thing for this guy is Aaron Jones. You know, give me a, a receiving back or somebody like him to make our quarterback's transition easier. But where I was going with this, too, is, is this situation vastly different than Jacksonville with Robinson? I mean, I think the smart organization says, we got this gift handed to us in Gaskin and to a much lesser degree, Ahmed, that why would we spend any cap money on running backs when we have this super cheap dude for at least two or three years who's been highly productive every time we get a chance. You know, let's just take the gift and live with what we got and really build everything up around them. Yeah, I totally agree. I've made that same comparison. I think that was on the DLF podcast Mm. a a few weeks ago that the Dolphins with Gaskin, with this cheap, young running back who's been productive, um, not the best offensive line. I know they've made improvements to that offensive line. We could say the exact same thing. Uh, about Jacksonville with with James Robinson. These guys are already producing. They're super cheap. Why spend a draft pick or why spend a big contract on Aaron Jones or James yeah. Conner or, or whoever? Travis ATN or, you know, right. Right, or a, a high draft pick on, on ATN or Najee Harris. You've already got your running back. Spend that capital, whether it's uh, whether it's money or draft picks on other positions, make your offensive line even better, make your defense even better. I think Gaskin, and same thing about Robinson, but Gaskin is the even cheaper version. I think Gaskin's a great player to target this offseason because I trust Miami to to do the right thing and to roll with the, the player that is uh, already producing and is uh, is a cheap option for them. Yeah, and I think the other thing we've learned about this coaching staff is – it hasn't always been Gaskin because he's been in a lineup with COVID and some injuries. But whoever their best back is on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, they ride that guy. Yeah, and the, the other thing I liked from them, it reminded me, uh, we could go way back to to Russell Wilson uh, when he earned the starting job there in Seattle. Uh, even though they they had spent, uh, who, who, was, who was the Packers quarterback that they had signed years ago? Oh, it was the really weak Flynn or something like that. Yeah, really was weak that it? Matt, yeah. Matt Flynn? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so, so the, the Seahawks years ago, 2012, had spent, um, had spent this big free agent contract on Matt Flynn, spent a day two or three pick on, on Russell Wilson and, and ended up uh, he won the job. And they, they didn't let that, that offseason decision affect their – their ultimate decision of who the best option was for them. And and there's probably several other instances like that and examples of that over the years. But the Dolphins did the same thing at running back, right? They, they trade for Matt Breda. They signed Jordan Howard as a free agent. Go into the season thinking it's going to be one of these two guys who, uh, they're, while they're not superstars, they both had success at the NFL level. And instead, we find out that Gaskin is the best running back on the, on their team, and, and they've rolled with him. Yeah, I think that's the way they'll probably go. All right, Matt, when we come back from our break, we will finish up the show with a listener question. But first, let's just help you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, emotional, whatever. Break through it with Go Every Day. They're easy to take 1.5-ounce packages 
throw them in your briefcase for your presentation or your work day, in your pocket to get through your day or your workout, whatever's convenient, whatever it is that you go through. But Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without that crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's way better for your body. They come in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. But how does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast absorbing, so it gets in my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Um, beta alanine, B3, honey, a kick of caffeine. Bilko then kicks to keep me moving strong with B6, B12. Um, here's our offer that you need to take advantage of. Visit BiltGo.com, use our promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BiltGo.com. Let's go. I want to tell everyone about one of the other podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the Peacock and Williamson Podcast. Oh. Uh, you've heard of that one? <laughs> NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout, scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Go hit that subscribe button. Matt, our question today, we're just going to hit one. we got a ton of great questions, so tomorrow we will be doing a listener question only episode. Uh, we got so many, we, we'll do a full episode of those. But today's question comes from Tyler Huff. It's at Pawnee or Bust on Twitter. Uh, and this is another uh, noteworthy news item. He says, is Dwayne Haskins worth a hold in a super flex league? Of course, Dwayne Haskins on Sunday was benched uh, in favor of Taylor Heineke. Uh, that's nev never a good sign. No. And, of course, the, the next day, just yesterday, was uh, – was waived by Washington uh, just a little over a year, about a year and a half after he was their first-round draft pick. Uh, to me, it's another, and, and I said this also on the, the DLF Dynasty podcast, it's Jamarcus Russell all over again. And, and as far as I remember, I don't think Russell ever played again after the Raiders gave up on him. Uh, they – they held on a little bit longer than this, uh, than Washington did with, with Haskins, but I'm not sure Haskins ever takes another snap in the league. What, what do you think? Whew. I don't know about that, but I know the answer to this question is yes, I'm still stashing him, or I'm picking him up if he gets dumped, because I love, I mean, he could turn into Paxton Lynch or Ryan Lee for Jamarcus Russell, or I mean, numer numerous others that have not made it at a very difficult position. But I also like to quote Sig Bloom on this one that sometimes these near-death career experiences wakes young men up and they realize, wow, I'm not as great as I think. I can't just coast through this thing and hang out on strip joints without a mask and whatnot and you know not work hard. I need to take a step back, sit behind Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, whoever, for a year, and maybe I'll re resurrect my career and at least become a backup 
fulfill my potential. I don't think he's worth much. I would be with you that he probably doesn't take another snap, but he can sit at the bottom of my Superflex roster. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well, even though I'm I'm a, a little uncertain that uh, that he gets another chance. The good thing about Superflex leagues is, in most cases, they are going to be uh, – you're going to have additional roster spots compared to those typical one-quarterback leagues. So you, you just have to think about who your other options are. Would I go out and buy Dwayne Haskins? No. If he, is, if he was dropped by someone else, then – yeah, I agree with Matt. I would I would pick him up and just wait and see how this plays out. The offseason is, is so long, and we'll know, uh, you know, we'll know in a few months if he's worth that roster spot. Probably by the time that you're making the, those draft picks at, at the rookie draft time, we'll know if he's going to get another chance if he's um, if he's been picked up by then. But. Uh, just got that you've got that flexibility in the deeper super flex leagues and and if he does hit if he does get it turned around then then you know now now you've hit gold really yeah i mean there is some upside just as a player i think one thing that'll always work against him in today's nfl is he's not much of an athlete he's not much of a creator he's not much of a runner he's a heavy-footed pocket passer and those guys are becoming you know dinosaurs yeah, it's crazy to think that that he was a first rounder just a year ago because we we already saw that, right? We saw this coming with mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and, and these guys who add so much uh, on the ground in addition to what they can do as as passers. So, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago that he was being considered possibly as the top overall pick, and and we saw him fall to. Uh, I think he was the 15th overall pick, somewhere in the in the middle of that first round, uh, which at the time probably felt like a value. But like you said, in hindsight, knowing some of his limitations, uh, just a little surprising to see him go that high. And and I'm sure Washington is is certainly regretting it now as well. That does it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.